Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pastor Farrell Shepherd of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. And I'd like to welcome you to another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. This broadcast is for Thursday, December 7th, and today happens to be Pearl Harbor Day. It is a day of remembrance. That's what they call it, Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day, a day we are told have been told to never forget, a day that will live on in infamy, the famous quote from FDR. Well, we need to remember it. We need to remember that America was attacked, unprovoked. We need to remember that it was a surprise, at least to most people, a surprise attack. We need to remember that it was God that gave us victory as we entered into that terrible, terrible war. No war is good, but it was a great and terrible war. And I'm convinced that if we enter into another one, it'll be very similar as far as bloodshed and devastation and lingering problems. But in World War II, we not only had the problem of the war, but then the problem of the change in our own social status in America as the mothers went to work put their children in child care or public schools and went to work. And then when the dads came home from war, if they came home from war, the moms decided to stay at work. They enjoyed making the money. They enjoyed the extra that came in when the, especially a two-parent income all of a sudden. And America now is stuck on that. And we have raised generations, not just one, generations. That There's a reason why they called that generation, by the way, the greatest generation. And since then, it's been downhill uh, precipitously, I'd have to say, precipitously. Gone downhill at a vast rate. And so anyway, uh, that's that's where we're at. We need to remember that. But we need to remember it was God that gave us the victory. And our only hope is to look to God now. Look to God for our protection. Look to God for our help. And look to God for the next days to go forward. Amen. Well, having said all that, I am glad to be able to be back here in Madisonville. My wife and I took a little trip out to Branson, Missouri, and we were there Monday through yesterday. We got in last night late and went right straight to bed pretty much once we got in, just tired, but a good time, a time of refreshment, a time of relaxation. I didn't preach in this conference I knew I wasn't going to be preaching and going into it, and it was just one to be refreshed and, and strengthened and encouraged, and they succeeded. I thank the Lord for that. I thank the Lord for the preaching and for the fellowship, for the whole thing. It was a real blessing to me. I thank God for my wife. thank God for my marriage. I thank God for the ministry that he's put us in and that he is using us here at the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, and I was reminded, why do I live in this town? Why do I live in this state? It's because God called me here. The church called me here, and I need to be focused on that. I'm not just here to live. I'm here to live for God, and I'm here to live for the work of God in his local church, and so uh, that was a blessing to be reminded of those things and encouraged in those matters. Well, I appreciate Brother Jimmy Moyes coming in and filling in for us last night. I knew we couldn't get back in time, and I appreciate him filling in for us and helping us out 
And he's always a blessing, always a blessing. And I thank the Lord for that. Brother Moyes is almost like he's one of us. Amen. And uh, I do appreciate that. Well, I've been playing a song by the Moyes family each day this week so far. I think I'll do that again today. I'm going to be playing one entitled, I've Missed Out. And uh, it's a good song. I believe it'll be a blessing. Then the Shepherd family, what we call Shepherd Reunion, singing, Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. All right. On today's broadcast, I'm going to focus on sermons on our Lord Jesus Christ. I know that December is when we are supposed to be celebrating the birth of our Lord. And a lot of people get sidetracked on that. They they celebrate a fat man in a red suit, or they celebrate a mouse with big ears, or they got a lot of things that they get excited about in the month of December that I don't believe are scriptural or biblical. Now, I know that the Bible doesn't command us to celebrate the birth of Christ at all, matter of fact, or particularly in the month of December. But what would be wrong with rejoicing that God gave his son? Matter of fact, the angels rejoiced, and they told the shepherds to rejoice. Matter of fact, those angels said, it ought to be joy to the whole world. Amen. And and it ought to be to us as well. And so I'm going to take this month and I'm going to pull out some sermons that I've preached in the past. Most of these, maybe all of these will have been aired on the broadcast at one time or another over the past nine years. But we're going to be playing these sermons based on our Lord Jesus. This whole week is going to be from Song of Solomon, chapter number five. I'm going to be reading verses nine through 16. And I'm going to be preaching on this thought. Yea, he is altogether lovely. So I hope you'll stay tuned and enjoy the message as it was preached live from the pulpit of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. Song of Solomon chapter 5. You know the story. Brother Hall's preached it here very well through the years. I want to pick up in verse number 9. I'll give you the background of the story as we go along. But let's look at verse number 9. They're asking this question, what is thy beloved more than another beloved? If I could say it this way, what's so good about Jesus? That's what they're asking. What's so special about this man? O thou fairest among women, what is thy beloved more than another beloved that thou dost so charge us? Here's her answer. My beloved is white and ruddy, the chiefest among ten thousand. Yea, he is altogether lovely. This is my beloved, and this is my friend, O daughters of Jerusalem. Amen. I want to try to preach from verse number 16 on that phrase. Yea, he is altogether lovely. And so she goes to describing her beloved in verse number 9 down through verse number 16. And she describes his characteristics. And, and as I said, it's poetic language and picturesque language. She starts out by describing his complexion in verse number nine. And she says this, she says he is the fair or the chiefest among ten thousand in verse number ten. The chiefest among ten thousand. In other words, she said he's the best. I'd rather have him than to have the other nine thousand nine hundred and ninety-nine that they are out there. She said, He's the best. There ain't nobody like him. Amen. 
And so as she goes to describing him, she speaks about his head being fine gold, his locks, his hair as bushy and black as a raven, his eyes as the eyes of doves washed with milk, she says, and fitly said his cheeks are as beds of spices and sweet flowers. His lips are like lilies dropping with sweet smelling myrrh. His hands are as gold rings set with a barrel. His belly is as ivory overlaid with sapphires. His legs are as pillars of marble set upon sockets of gold. His countenance is as excellent as the cedars. And then when she completes this whole list, she realizes it's not complete. She says his mouth is most sweet. But she says this, with after all this elegant language, after all this, these great swelling words and beautiful words, she realizes that she's not ever even touched the hem of the garment of how beautiful that our Lord is and His grandeur that's there. And so she just says this, she says, yay! He is altogether lovely. Amen. Other words, from top to bottom, from front to back, whatever side you see him from, whatever circumstance you find him in, he's perfect in everything. Amen. Jesus deserves that praise. He deserves that statement. Everything in the life of Jesus, everything you find in this book about our Lord Jesus is perfect. And matter of fact, everything in my own experience, and yours as well, if you've come to know Him, is perfect. Amen. Amen. He never makes a wrong turn. (laughs) No, He never makes a mistake. He does everything perfectly, and I'm so glad that He is. Amen. Now, or every other person that you might think has greatness, they're marred in some area. Maybe they're great in one area, but they're marred in another area. In other words, they're, they're not perfect. They're imperfect, but our Lord Jesus is perfect. He is altogether lovely. So with that in mind, I want to think about this and just throw out some things about our Lord that He is altogether lovely. I've got five things that I want to point out to you and there could be many more preached, but I, I just want to show you these. First of all, in His humanity, He was and is altogether lovely. He was God and yet somehow He was man. And He was perfectly man. Altogether lovely in His humanity. Let me say secondly, that He is altogether lovely in His sympathy. Of course, Jesus wept. Shortest verse of the Bible there in John 11. Tears rolled down His face. Our Lord wept over Jerusalem when He saw sinners that were as sheep without a shepherd. And He saw the destruction that's going to come because they rejected their Savior. Our Lord wept in the garden of Gethsemane. Hebrews said He Move with strong cries and with tears. Our Lord had tears in His eyes over and over and over again. He had sympathy. He was moved with compassion. He's lovely in His humanity. He's lovely in His sympathy. Can I say His humility is lovely. His humility. If there's anybody had the right to sort of thrust out His chest and be a little proud of where He came from and who He was and what He could do. I'm amazed at people that are so boastful at what all they can do, and they really can't do all that much. They can just talk a good game. But if there's anybody had the right to sort of strut a little bit and get a little bit proud of who they were, where they came from, what they could do, it'd be our Lord, but He never had an ounce of pride. There's never a spot of pride in our Lord. Matter of fact, He didn't think that to reach out and call Himself God was anything to strive after. He was equal with God. 
And yet he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. Thank God. Turn to Luke chapter number 22. Let me show you that humility of our Lord. Luke chapter 22. Thank God for the Lord Jesus. By the way, He loves humility. God loves humility. He hates pride. He resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Amen. Luke 22, verses 27. Look at verse 27. Our Lord, speaking here, our Lord says, For whether is greater, he that sitteth at me, or he that serveth, is not he that sitteth at me, but I am among you as he that serveth. Our Lord could have been the one sitting there letting them feed Him. But He said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. John chapter 13 tells us very similar. I want you to look there's the story of our Lord as He washed the feet of the disciples. Brother Durham preached that message here during our missions conference and illustrated it, an illustrated sermon. He washed my feet. John chapter number 13, verse number 5. After that, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel whereon he was girded. You see, our Lord laid, if I could say it this way, laid aside his own reputation. You know whose job it was to wash feet? It was the servant's job. It was a servant's job to wash their feet. Their feet would get dirty as they walked. They wore the sandals and they walked along the dusty streets. And when they came in, the servant would wash and wipe their feet. Our Lord, showing himself not as Lord, but as servant, as a menial servant. Now, he's foretelling and foreshowing what he's fixing to do on Calvary. Amen. He's going to humble himself to the very point that he's going to taste death. He's going to humble himself so humble that he's going to be able to taste death for every man. And he's going to taste that death to show his disciples that he came to save them, to seek and to save them. Let me just read you this from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 23. Peter said this, Who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. Isaiah 53, 7 says the same thing. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He has brought his lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. These verses show us the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. His humility as he went to that suffering, and then he went to that cross, he went there humbly, yielding himself that he might die. Even... Hanging on that cross, suffering what he was suffering. Our Lord was so humble that he could hear the cry of a dying thief. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I imagine that thief today would say, Yea, he is altogether lovely. Amen. <laughs> Speaking about his crucifixion, turn to Matthew chapter 27. And we'll look at it. The Bible, there's a phrase that's used there I want to point out and think about the crucifixion of our Lord. He's altogether lovely in His humanity. He's altogether lovely in His sympathy. He's altogether lovely in His humility. I want to say He's altogether lovely in His crucifixion. You might find that sort of hard to put the words together in His crucifixion. How can a man, how can you say a crucifixion's lovely? 
A crucifixion's gruesome. A crucifixion's gross, to use a modern day term. Crucifixion's a horrible thing. Matthew chapter 27, verses 35 and 36. And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. Look at this verse. And sitting down, they watched him there. They sat there and they looked at him. I thought about those friends of Job. Job's in his terrible place. And his friends came and for, I believe, was it seven days? They just, they didn't say a word. They just sat there and looked at him. And then once they get, did get started talking, Job wished they'd just stayed there not saying a word. Amen. Just kept their mouth shut. But our Lord, here they are. They're sitting there watching our Lord as he's going to the cross. They had seen him as he had been browbeaten, as he'd been bullied by the Roman soldiers, as he had been mocked and scourged, as they had blindfolded him and plaited that crown of thorns and put it on his head, put on that purple robe and mocking him. By the way, that robe on those fresh wounds no doubt did not feel very good. Especially when they ripped it off of him after possibly that some of the blood had dried. But they took a reed and they'd smite him. And then they'd smite him with open hand. And they'd say, prophesy who hath smitten thee. I mean, he could have told them everything, not only their name. He could have told them their social security number, their address, their phone number, everything there was about them. Amen. He knew it all and yet he opened not his mouth. Why? Because he came not to condemn. Amen. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. That's right. But you see him there and all of that. And you say, how? How could you call that lovely? But if you follow him on from that site with the Roman soldiers as they march him through the streets, mock him, strip him of his clothes in his shame and nakedness, and his body bruised and beaten and battered and torn, you hear... The yelling mob as they cry, crucify him, crucify him, this man must die. And all this, Jesus never raised his voice and complained. He never uttered a word of condemnation towards them. You see this man, the sweetest, gentlest, bravest, holiest man that's ever lived. And yet he's being treated so cruelly, so viciously. And that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. So we're going to have to break in the message right there. But Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow and continue this message. Hope you'll tune in this same time every Monday through Friday for another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. Until then, this is Pastor Farrell Shepherd saying good day and God bless you.